0: grapevine also known as social media that you went a little bit crazy at the lego store
1: i did i did go a little bit crazy well i don't know i think what the standard of going crazy at the lego lego store is different for different people
0: for you yeah you went a little bit crazy for what, you though. so
1: what is the did they have like an actual force friday for the solo movie or
0: was they just... didn't. They didn't. They. April thirteenth was the official launch day of solo merchandise, but it wasn't an event like it has been in the past that they've advertised.
1: Okay, Because I didn't was, know if I missed. It
0: was across the board supposed to be known as the official day.
1: Got it. Because I did go out like for the Force Awakens and Rogue One and the Last Jedi, and did like the whole like midnight thing.
0: Yeah, I think the reason they didn't do it is because Toys R Us is dead.
1: Yeah, Toys, yeah, <laughs> and
0: like, it is, toys R Us was a big proponent of the Force Friday thing.
1: That is always where I went. But this year, I guess, or for this movie, I knew that Friday was the release day, but I didn't know if there was any big events going on. So I just went out on Friday, like Friday at work, like over lunch at work, and went to the Lego store and Hot mm-hmm. Topic because I wanted specific things that were related to the solo movie. There was like one Lego set that I really wanted. And then there was one Funko pop that I wanted, but that was pretty much it. I was like, I'm going to get two things and then I'll be good. (laughs) But then I got to the Lego store and they had this whole thing where if you buy a certain amount, you know, worth of Lego, then you get like this bonus free set. So I, I wanted to spend enough to get that. So I ended up spending a lot more at the Lego store than I had planned. So, I think I had to spend like a minimum of $75, so I ended up getting You
0: the, all you wanted was the mini fi, the minifigure factory. That's what you wanted.
1: I guess, but I didn't even really want it that bad. They had like the the uh Darth Vader
0: in the Darth Vader pod, pod. You you only had to spend $60 for that.
1: But it had to be all Star Wars stuff. Yes, correct. Yeah. Which I I got a Star Wars set, but then I also got a non-Star Wars set. Right. So, I actually got two Star Wars sets. So, I got the the Han Solo related one. I got the um the little speeder that he's in. Mm-hmm. So I got the mini. I got the the new Han Solo minifig which I wanted to get. And then I also got another set that's unrelated, but it's a newer set that has it's like a De Mundi and Barris Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Are the minifigs in that one, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's new. That's new. Yeah, yeah, the new stuff came out, which Is cool, and I like new Star Wars stuff. I do. But the newest Lego stuff is not for this podcast. Uh, I don't think there's... It's not for any podcast I have, really. It doesn't fit anywhere.
1: All the dinosaur stuff, you mean? (gasps)
0: Dinosaurs! (laughs) What? Dinosaurs. Velociraptors. There are some pretty cool
1: Jurassic World sets. uh, (laughs) T-Rex. That I want to get as well. But yes, this is not a... Jurassic Park slash World podcast. Although
0: I, oh. I don't know, is there a Jurassic Park podcast out there? I don't know. Maybe we be, should start be our next one. venture. <laughs> oh god, I don't need more. I want I I want a Harry Potter podcast or a My Little Pony podcast before I start talking those about those. Your dinosaurs.
1: next two, next two on your list. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean that's like the next two, if ever.
1: <laughs> so if kinda. you, so switching it back to Star Wars, if you were to get one. Star Wars related or actually solo related Lego set, which one would you pick?
0: One? Yeah, what? just one. Pick one. What?
1: I'm not saying you, oh, I mean, then, you no. can buy as many as you want. I'm just saying if you had to pick one.
0: The Kessel Run Falcon.
1: Okay. I almost I got that.
0: I want Lando. That's, I want Lando. Yeah. And I also want Kira in that outfit. Cause the Kira that comes in the one that you got, she's all right. But I like the Kira in the Kessel Run.
1: She's probably like a little bit younger Kira. The one
0: I got. I don't know. I I mean, we've never seen the movies. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. yet. But we have seen trailers. And actually, the trailers are good, but the TV spots have been my favorite. And my favorite is the one that came out that's called Crew. The music is amazing. It's the one that at the end, Han shows Chewie his sabbat cards and Chewie's (laughs) reaction is like, And Chewie "Mm." just shakes his head. He's like,
1: I Chewie is my favorite thing right now. When it comes to the so weird for you, I know because he's not. I mean, I like Chewie, but he's never been a top favorite character for me. But something about the way they're showing him in these trailers is—I don't know. I like—I like the interaction between him and Han. Yeah, Um, I think the 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 best lines so far in the trailer have been kind of related to Chewie. The whole Chewbacca
0: noises. (laughs)
1: Well, no, but like when he says something like. Wait, how old are you? Hundred ninety years old. Hundred ninety years old. You look great. Like (laughs) that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just I like that back and forth, and I like seeing them first meeting. It looks like we're gonna get to see that, and he's got the cool goggles that he wears. We've never seen Chewbacca wear like goggles. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for Chewbacca for this movie.
0: Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. I think it's funny that people started calling him Chewie and not Baca.
1: Not Baca. (laughs) because well, I think in the movie they
0: call him Chewie and not Baca. Well, I know, but I, I, and that's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just the weird things you think about. And there was something else I wanted to talk about from the trailers. Oh, so Lando in the trailers doesn't he? He says Han the right way or the way Han. that Billy D did, which yeah. is Han. I was I caught that the first time I saw it, and I was like, that's so perfect.
1: <laughs> Is that when he's throwing him the gun? That yeah, scene he's like, where he t- yeah, yeah. coolly tosses it over to him. Yeah, that I don't know, man. I'm blaster so excited for Aaron. this movie.
0: Blaster,
1: blaster. I know I always say that, but yeah, this movie's got me really excited. I didn't think I, I was gonna get that excited for this movie.
0: I didn't either, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised that I am excited. So, and speaking of excitement. People are really, really excited about this new book that's come out so much so that they keep tweeting crap, and it's pissing me off, and I'm about to mute the last shot hashtag, because come on, people, don't live tweet a book when you're (laughs) reading it within the first two days it's been out? Dang.
1: So today, as we're recording this, is Thursday, April April 19th, 19th, and the book came out on the 17th. Correct. So it's only been out for two days, and yes, there, there are... You know, people talking about it on Twitter. People are excited. Yeah, people
0: are like, and then this, and then this characterization, and then this. And I'm like, seriously? See, here's the thing about books. And this is the reason we wait to review books until they've been out for a little while, is to give people a chance to read them. Because the magic of a book is the narration and the prose of the author and the way they give power to characters and the characterization. And when you tweet that sorry it pisses people off because you're ruining the book and this is happening to me right now and i'm mad don't you cut out my cuss word because <laughs> i'm serious
1: i will bleep it
0: you can bleep actually
1: it. i don't i've never had to bleep anything on this show
0: i'm just really upset thanks for that okay? i'm just really <laughs> upset <laughs> like i you know it's it's really nice when you're really excited about a book. And I think the reason people are tweeting so much about this book is because they're excited about it, okay? And they're passionate about it. And there's, it's really cool that it's the first book really written by a minority author that I am aware of. And Daniel Jose Older seems like a really chill, cool guy. And he's really engaged with the community. And so there's all this stuff that comes with this book. And I'm very excited to actually read it. But I haven't gotten a chance to because we're doing what we're doing right now. And then people, their Twitter accounts. Sorry. Yeah. Super mad right
1: now. Yeah, it's tough. You know, Twitter is one of those things that you have so many different types of people that use it. And some people just think it's free game to tweet spoilers on stuff and other people are more respectful and it's almost like a minefield you have to kind of navigate and hopefully you follow yeah, but, the right kind of people that don't but do you that would, but.
0: but you would think though you would think though with a book people would say you know what that's gonna take people longer than 30 minutes to read I should probably give people a week or a couple weeks to actually read the book not here is my live tweet of chapter 3 <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm
1: about, I think I'm about a third of the way through the book.
0: I don't want to hear anything you have to
1: say. I'm not going to say anything because I've already been scolded by you. You have.
0: Because, see, this, all right, I'm going to let people know some stuff. Aaron is excited about a book. He's excited about Last Shot. He thinks it's going to be one of the best books that he's read in the Star Wars canon and be in his top, like, five or something. And when Aaron gets excited, Aaron tweets stuff.
1: And I tweeted Teresa one tweet gets, about this and, book. And then
0: Teresa just, yells at Aaron about <laughs> stop it.
1: <laughs> yes. I texted you a couple things that I thought weren't spoilers, but I was wrong because you saw them as spoilers. And then I did tweet one thing, which you also told me I shouldn't have done. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to be respectful of the fact that Teresa has not yet had a chance to crack this book open. And I'm now I am banned from saying anything else. Other than the fact that I think it's really cool. Can I say that?
0: You can say that.
1: Okay. The book is really cool so far.
0: (laughs) God, I'm such a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, the life of a person who doesn't want to be spoiled. (laughs) Me. Hey, I get the
1: same reaction with with stuff. I just like when it comes to when it comes to things that I'm really passionate about and I do not want to be spoiled by, I will. I will shut I will shut
0: Twitter down for days. I just didn't think I had to about a book. This has never really happened before. You know, or that I'm aware of, that a book has come out and then people are spoiling plot points and all kinds of stuff on Twitter within like two days of a book being released. Is this abnormal?
1: It's pretty normal, actually. I think this book in particular you're super excited for.
0: Mm, and so you're maybe. paying a
1: little bit more attention to what people are saying. Probably. So that might be why you're catching excited.
0: stuff. This is why I don't get excited about things. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we
1: are gonna talk about a different book today on our episode of Star Wars Bookworms, yeah. which is, is episode eighty nine of Star Wars Bookworms, which means we're only one away from ninety and eleven away from a hundred. Woo! Like milestones are coming.
0: Oh. <laughs> milestones.
1: But we did want to talk about the last jedi novelization
0: even though you said we would not cover a novelization on our show
1: yeah i think that was one of the things that i didn't think we would do with the show because you know we have so much content there's going to be things we have to skip and i was like you know what novelizations we're going to cover the movie anyways so why cover the novelization but this one we felt a couple different reasons partially because we like jason fry so much
0: yeah we love jason fry
1: and he, yeah, he's one of our favorites, so he wrote <laughs> he's this. He's like
0: the bestest.
1: The, yeah, totally he really
0: best. is. We're being serious, actually. It sounds like we're not, but we are.
1: And we've skipped a couple of his books in the past. We so have. Like I feel like, you know. We've been scolded,
0: we, too, for that.
1: I feel like we had to, you know, kind of make up for it a little bit. So, And there's enough content in this book that's not in the movie that I think it is worth talking about.
0: And so. this is his really first foray into what would be an adult novel for Star Wars.
1: Which is a big deal that he got to do. That's a
0: really, that's a huge deal for
1: him. The Last Jedi novelization. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: and he did a great job. The book is great. It's really, it's it's a great telling of that movie and it adds a lot to it. And we'll talk kind of through all of that. But before we do, um, this is The Last Jedi publisher, Del Rey, author Jason Fry. It was released on March 6th, 2018. And the publisher summary, do you want to do it? Sure. Go ahead.
0: Written with input from director Ryan Johnson, this official adaptation of Star Wars: The Last Jedi expands on the film to include scenes from alternate versions of the script and other additional content. From the ashes of the Empire has arisen another threat to the galaxy's freedom: the ruthless First Order. Fortunately, new heroes have emerged to take up arms and perhaps lay down their lives for the cause. Ray, the orphan strong in the Force, Finn, the ex-stormtrooper who stands against his former masters, and Poe Dameron, the fearless X-Wing pilot, have been drawn together to fight side-by-side with General Leia Organa and the Resistance. But the First Order's Supreme Leader Snoke and his merciless enforcer Kylo Ren are adversaries with superior numbers and devastating firepower at their command. Against this enemy, the Champions of Light may finally be facing their extinction— their only hope rests with a lost legend, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Where the action of Star Wars The Force Awakens ended, Star Wars The Last Jedi begins as the battle between light and dark climbs to astonishing new heights.
1: And we're also going to, because we had tweeted out and put on Facebook that we we're going to be talking about this book, and, and so we did have some listeners respond with some of their own thoughts on the book, so we'll be kind of reading those throughout. Mm-hmm. But this book... <laughs> It's interesting because it starts out with three separate scenes that are not in the movie. Like yeah. right off the bat. So as soon as you start reading the book, it's it's already something completely different than what you see saw in the movie.
0: You know what? What? You're the reason I say that.
1: What's the What?
0: You're the reason I say right off the bat.
1: Right off the bat. I've
0: said, Yeah, I've never really said that before. And I was listening back to myself on another show that I was doing. And I was like, where did that come from? Now I know. It's your fault. <laughs> anyway.
1: Continue. Random, but I'll leave it in. Um, yeah,
0: continue.
1: <laughs> but did that kind of surprise you? like Especially kind of the content right at the beginning where we get this alternate reality story about Luke Skywalker was that something that kind of caught you off guard
0: that was sort of weird not gonna lie I I wasn't expecting that I liked the story of Han's funeral and all of that that added a lot to the story for me to help me understand kind of where Leia's mindset was that helped a lot Luke's alternate reality I could have done without but it was sort of like cool-ish
1: It was like this force, almost like this force dream that he has, because he does wake up after the dream on Octo, you know, where we know him to be. But I guess it was almost like this dream slash premonition of what could have been or maybe a warning from the force like, hey, you need to actually participate. Otherwise, you know, bad things can happen. But yeah,
0: but it was like his life was so boring.
1: <laughs> it was very extensive too. Like it got into a lot of detail. Like who I know his, who his wife does. was and kind of what ha- he was even remembering Cammy. back. Yeah, Cammy. I guess he he took her away from Fixer. But <laughs> the um, even kind of like the alternate, like what happened with the droids, in this, mm-hmm. and they actually gave him back over to the Imperials. And Obi Wan shows up and tries to do a mind trick and tells everybody that Luke's name is actually Lars and. It's like this alternate reality events, <laughs> and then Leia dies. the The Emperor or the Empire executes her. Alderaan, uh, Moncala, and another planet—I forget which one. Like three planets get destroyed by the Death Star, not just one. Obi Wan gets taken out, I guess. So it's just this whole alternate reality. It was just crazy. It was a little weird. It was a weird way to start the book. It kind of threw me off a little bit.
0: It did throw me off a little, but it's okay. I mean, it 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 is what it is. And and I wonder if that had been in the film, what the connection was supposed to be. Because I still don't see the connection of that story. I don't see why. And if it was in the film, I'm glad it got cut because I think it would have confused people a lot. Yeah,
1: so. I, I'm guessing it probably wasn't anything that was even in the script. I think that might have just been... Um, a Jason Fry edition.
0: Yeah, but... I mean, and the good thing is that it was really well written. It just, as far as it play its place in this, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I don't mean to be critical. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the one. thing. It, honestly, it, I don't have many complaints about this book. That that might be the only thing. I think for me that was sort of like a forgettable thing. So you're mentioning it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I remember the Hans funeral part and then I remember all of the dialogue between Paige and Rose. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, Hans funeral was was good uh to kind of hear to hear Leia give the speech about him and talk about you know who he was. I think she even at one point says he he liked to think of himself as a scoundrel but he wasn't really a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Um he he didn't like bullies, he didn't like you know, I forget she I forget the exact words, but it was a, it was a nice a nice little uh, speech about Han. And then it jumps into, um, after that scene, it jumps into Rose and, and Paige together, which is something we didn't that get to see That was really
0: cool. That was something that I really enjoyed just because of the fact that it's something I wish had been in the movie. Is a little bit more Paige and Rose time of getting to understand them. Um, but we didn't get that. And that's okay that we didn't get it in the film. But I think it would have been cool.
1: Yeah yeah it showed how close they were. It talked about their you know their matching medallions and you know Rose actually really wanted to go with her on the bomber. He mm-hmm. was really trying to talk her into letting her go and I mean obviously that would have changed events immensely if she had gone and and also had been killed in that battle so yeah it was it was a it was nice to see Rose that early in the story and not when not only when she first meets Finn you know
0: yeah. So, yeah, just a different perspective. Now, really quickly, how did you read this book?
1: How did I read it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meaning, if I, or audio or on page?
0: Yeah, like format. Uh,
1: a little bit of both. I would say probably more audio, just because of uh, trying to take advantage of my commute. But I did try. I did make sure I read some of the actual page. In fact, I, in fact, I caught a couple differences um, that I thought were funny between the audio book and the actual book.
0: Okay cool so, yeah so I did audiobook as well and just because it's sometimes it's easier for me that way and let's talk about that really quick. I love Mark Thompson, but some of his voices for the female characters this time around just were not my favorites. I didn't like Rose and I didn't like Ray
1: yeah he he I does awesome didn't. with certain characters like he sounded great as Luke he sounded almost uncannily spot on as poe yeah um but you're right like i thought i thought his rose was a little too
0: it was like wimpy
1: yeah it was it was 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 too wimpy (laughs) and whiny almost too
0: oh
1: my god (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) that was rose
1: I didn't pick up on Ray. I, it didn't stick out to me bad or good. But yeah, Rose was the one <laughs> voice that kind of stuck out to me. Because her
0: voice, she calls Finn a dummy all the time. And she's like, God, dummy. <laughs> like, I was just like, stop it. Uh, Ray, he tried to do a British-ish, British-ish accent. And I didn't think it came out very well. Uh, Snoke came out pretty well, I thought. And you know what? I... Did he pull? Did they pull audio from the film because Kylo sounded like Kylo? Smart.
1: No, he did. He did great. He did a great Adam Driver impression. Okay. Um, the Snoke did, was. Did
0: he do Yoda too? Yeah. Oh wow! See, yeah. this is why Mark Thompson is so good. So I won't. I won't. You know, take away cred from him for his girl voices because I thought Leo was okay, but ray and rose need some work
1: i think he has a hard time with probably the younger girl voices uh, because they
0: sound like this
1: yeah it's like you make it if you try to go too high pitched on it almost it sounds cartoony um but i can understand why that would be tough for him as opposed to the other characters but otherwise he did do a great job with everybody else yeah
0: it was really Um, well done
1: the snoke i felt like they did a little they kind of modulated the voice and it almost sounded mechanical Mm-hmm. Which was a little distracting because he doesn't sound that way in the movie. Um, right. But
0: yeah. this one, if... this audiobook had really good sound effects too and really great music in really good places, which I love about Star Wars books is that they're kind of a full on production rather than it just being, this is audible, blah, 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 Star Wars. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, so moving back to the book, away from the audiobook. So we got more Captain Kennedy, which you and I both like because we like Captain Kennedy. And he did a great Captain Kennedy. Oh, my gosh. That was such <laughs> a good voice. It's almost like it came right out of the movie. He was like, we should have scrambled our fires five bloody minutes ago. Like, it was so perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, it was great to get because that character is such a favorite of mine from this movie. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. But he's in it for such a short period of time. He's only in it for like two minutes. I know, but I love him. He's so great. Um, but yeah, he's in it for such a short me- period of time. So we don't get a lot of perspective from him. So the fact that we actually get to read a decent amount about him from his perspective um, even made me like him more because his <laughs> inner dialogue is great. Like he doesn't like Hucks. He doesn't like pretty much everybody around him. He thinks they're all incompetent, <laughs> yeah. um, which fits his character perfectly. But then he actually has a good like you know he's he's concerned about the lives of the pilots and you know he's saying we're losing too many pilots and I want them to come home kind of thing like that's so he's he's like competent good uh first order officer that's surrounded by a bunch of incompetent people and he's very aware of that and it comes through in his character so I I thought that was gold that they had more uh, they could have completely you know just given him the lines from the movie, but they they went a lot. Jason Fry went a lot deeper into that character.
0: Yeah, I'm glad he did because I really really enjoyed him. I mean, he's almost like a callous to me in a way, <laughs> not a hot callous, just a callous. He's one of so. those characters
1: that you would be okay if he ended up like defecting or something to the resistance.
0: Yes, totally. But oh, I don't think he survived the
1: the explosion. Captain
0: K- yeah. Cat, you know what his name also looks like? Captain Canary.
1: I was thinking Captain Canada like Canada Canada, Canada,
0: Canada. Yeah. Canada yeah oh Canada <laughs> Now you do have something in here from the audiobook I I love the fact that we got inside of not just BB-8's head we got inside of C-3PO's head we got inside of R2D2's head and we get to actually see like personalities from the droids and hear them talking and like the things they think and what they say and stuff. And BB eights perspective on things is literally the best storytelling thing ever.
1: The fact that he's BB hilarious. Doesn't like Poe's X wing.
0: He doesn't like black. They're one are like rivals. Or whatever. He <laughs> black one. Yeah. Him. He hates him. <laughs> like the
1: line that he, it, it says um, at one point he says, I think he just says, like, Black One is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. In the book. But But they actually changed it in the audiobook. They 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 did. It
0: it was pain in the butt.
1: Changed it to butt, which I didn't know they did that. I thought these were unabridged. But, yeah, I thought that was (laughs) hilarious. Um, All the back and forth between Black One and BB-8. And then to see a couple other instances in the book, too, where um, when they get captured when they're with DJ...
0: Oh, yeah, Music nobody capture. notices that bb is like even there. he's, like, talking about how so like rolling around. You know what? One of the best parts of BB-8 part was the, is his inner dialogue as he was pretending to be a slot machine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of that. And then as he's on Canto bite and rolling around with all these coins and Rose and Finn get arrested, and he, he's going through this whole train of thought of, how am I going to get them out? Let me count my money. You know, like, <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was really good. That was good stuff. Yep. Uh, I love that Jason Fry did that. That was so perfect. (laughs) I just keep thinking about things that BB-8 was saying right now. Sorry. Getting lost in BB-8's brain. You know what? When he's in R2-D2's brain and R2-D2 talks about how he's learned how to communicate with the brains of the Falcon and that the Falcon doesn't like C-3PO, but... (laughs) That the Falcon needs needs oh what was it, uh like crude jokes and like oh, romanticism right. or something, yeah. and yep. and he's like, that's what he delivers to the Falcon to to get the Falcon to do stuff. I was just like, okay. I'm
1: just imagining like R2D2 and the Millennium telling Falcon dirty just hanging jokes. out late at night telling dirty that's jokes.
0: That's what it was. That's what it was. He said dirty jokes, and and. Something else, and I was just like, "Oh God, what dirty jokes does R2-D2 know? <laughs> what are dirty jokes in Star Wars? They should have told one."
1: Or for a droid, even like, well, what, yeah, what's what dirty to mean? a droid? I
0: don't know. But, but, but.
1: <laughs> let's not speculate.
0: No, let's. You already not. said That's... a
1: curse word, so
0: yeah, we got to okay. keep it
1: clean for now on.
0: Keep it, keep it clean. You said one. We've now. I was reading
1: said... what was in the book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Armitage Hux.
1: <laughs> yes. Armitage no Hux.
0: No one likes him.
1: Nope. He's He's one of those characters that I think I think in The Force Awakens we got kind of a version of him where you're like, okay, this guy's really angry. He seems like he's important and he's got control over a lot of people, so he must be somewhat intelligent but then we watch the last jedi and you're like this guy just seems kind of like a bumbling idiot like how did he rise this far up in the first order um and the book kind of backs that up
0: yeah it doesn't it does. do him any favors all these people talk about hux it's just random people you get a lot of different perspective and about him being stupid and being and like snoke even's talking trash about hux and that he's just a pawn, and that he's his reign is going to be over soon. And he's just there for basically entertainment's sake. <laughs> yeah, they just... have
1: one of the officers. I think it's PV. Is that the guy's name? That oh yeah, Captain PV is kind of under him. There's there's a couple. There's one part. Um, I'm trying to look it up here, where he says, "Yago would endure Hucks just as PV had, because both men knew the general wouldn't last." He would mm-hmm. undoubtedly undoubtedly succeed at destroying the remnants of the Resistance and bask in the glory of that accomplishment for a time. But then the real challenge would begin. The First Order would have a restive galaxy to tame, one that had been plunged into chaos. And sooner or later, Hux would be undone, revealed as an incompetent officer and an intemperate leader. So that, that's the guy that... That's the guy that reports to him, talking about him. So that's not a good sign.
0: <laughs> oh wow.
1: Peavy was good too, though. In the like, Peavy uh, was entertaining. A good character in the movie too. I liked. I liked his. What was the line where he said? I believe he's tooling with you, sir.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny too. I think Hux is good because he's unintentional humor and entertainment. Yeah, like, you gotta Like love. all this stuff where he's like, I'll take it in my quarters. Oh! <laughs> it slams Perfect. to the ground. Yeah. So let's give some words to some of the people that actually listen to our show Michael McAllister he says that he really enjoyed the novelization I feel that the additional scenes really helped move the story along it's a shame that most of the scenes with Luke were left out of the movie I would have really enjoyed seeing the scenes between he and Ray on screen also the scenes with Leia tapping into the force were so well done Had there been time to include those in the film viewers might have had an easier time with her using the force to go back to get back onto the ship I enjoyed the audiobook on this one as always. Mark Thompson did a phenomenal job with the narration. you know so let's talk about some of those scenes that got added in. There's the one where Luke is coming back to like tell Ray he's gonna go with her. That's cool because we didn't really see that
1: yeah that was that was actually part that was completely unexpected when I got to that part of the book mm-hmm. um, and it kind of changes your perspective it's almost you almost w- wish that they had left that in the movie. Because Mm -hmm. so many people did have a problem with kind of the way Luke was portrayed and almost like he had given up. And the fact that he did come to the conclusion that he should go back with her was in the novel but not in the movie. Um, I was like, oh, that would have been really cool to kind of see him do that in the movie. And then he finds her with Kylo and obviously that changes his mind. But um, just in that small moment, because in the movie it almost seems like he doesn't kind of come to a conclusion that he needs to go help until he talks to Yoda. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it really does change the perspective on Luke.
0: It does. And Amanda Reynolds said, I felt like this book was worth the hype it was receiving. Very rarely do I get invested into the novel adaptations of the film. And then she continues on to say with what we're talking about right for right now, she said, It expands on stuff from the film, but again, this book doesn't fall into the category when, or doesn't, or, okay, uh, that most of the novelizations don't stick with you when it expands on stuff from the film, but this book doesn't fall into that category. For example, the one moment from the novel that will stick with me whenever I watch the film from now on is the moment when Luke touches the Force again. In Who knows how long and his reaction afterwards it breaks my heart because we know what happens next He was going to go with Rey saying she was right But by that time he pushed Rey too far away to the point that she had to seek support from Kylo He came around too late. I could go on and on about moments like that, but that one will always stick with me I even get got emotional with this book giving credence to the whole story. That is the last Jedi I love this film and I really enjoyed this novel. And she's right. I mean, that that scene was super powerful and I really wish that that scene had made it into the actual film. I really think they could have spared the time for it and that it would have been really, made the movie even more powerful. And I really like The Last Jedi, but I think that would have been really good to have.
1: I'd be curious to know if that, scene was from like the early script that jason fry had was Mm. it because it's not a deleted scene we we've seen the deleted scenes and that's not one of them um or if that's just a jason fry creation like that would be interesting to to hear um kind of the backstory on on why he included that scene Mm -hmm. maybe if we ever get to talk to him we can ask him
0: that would be really cool oh gosh
1: what were some of the other deleted scenes that did make it into the book we had
0: so just so you know, I actually haven't watched the deleted scenes from the Blu-ray, oh. so you'll have to tell me because are I actually spoilers? don't know. <laughs> no, I just actually don't know what they are. I'm assuming the one with the Lanai's, which is the caretakers at the very end, is a deleted scene where they're cleaning and doing all the stuff and he's, the one that's in charge is talking about the visitors and all that stuff and they're just sort of doing their doing their thing. No, that
1: was, that was just in the book. That's That's not a deleted scene.
0: Is the deleted um, scene with the caretakers the one people were talking about? The one with the where the other tribe comes?
1: Yes. Yeah. When. Okay. Um,
0: so the third lesson essentially.
1: Luke, Luke tricks Ray into thinking that they're being attacked, and then she runs over there, tries to save them, but they're actually just partying. Mm. That is definitely a deleted scene. Um, interesting scene. It's one of those scenes where I can see why it got deleted, um, but it does leave a bit of a gap in kind of her training and, and her dialogue with Luke, because they do have some pretty important dialogue before and after that scene. But I can also see why it got deleted. Mm-hmm. It seems a little out of place, but yeah, but they did put that back into the book and Luke's Luke's kind of his perspective on, you know, you can't just run and go save, you know, go run and save people without thinking about it first or, or thinking about the consequences of that. You know, You might be able to save them today, but you're not going to be here a couple weeks, you know, when things get worse. So it was an interesting point of view from Luke. I wouldn't say I necessarily agreed with his point of view, but it was, it mm-hmm. was interesting.
0: So was there anything else?
1: Uh, the scene where uh, Rose bites Hux on the oh, hand. Oh, yeah. Um, that, was, that was definitely a deleted scene. Um, I'm trying to remember what other ones. I think there were a couple other ones, but I, I'm not thinking of them right now.
0: Okay. Well, there was some stuff I found kind of interesting. I'm glad you actually put it in our notes here, but Wonga Winga.
1: <laughs> Wonga Winga.
0: What the heck?
1: <laughs> Eeny meeny miny mo. We know what we know I what it is in Star by Wars though.
0: Yeah. It's called Wonga Winga.
1: Wonga Winga. Do you remember how it goes? No. <laughs> uh, I have it.
0: You have it. So what is it?
1: Let's see here. <laughs> Wonga, winga singi woos. Which of these do I choose? That's it. No, Wonga it keeps winga going. Singi woos. Does it keep going?
0: There's another there's another piece of it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's all I see. Where am I? No! Am I
0: it keeps going.
1: He says it was the stupidest idea Rose had ever heard, and she couldn't think of anything better. She threw up her hands, scowling as Finn held up a finger pointing left. Wonga, Winga, Singi, Woos. Which of these do I choose? Keep reading. Okay. They recited together Finn's finger oscillating back and forth like a pendulum. Stars above and stars below. Show me now which way to go. So, <laughs> and Finn won,
0: and they got to go toward the... Well, duh, because that's easy. You go with, like, each word. Like, it's not just, like, eeny, meeny, miny, Mo. Like, it, that's not a fair way of choosing. That's not random
1: yes he, and he even admits to it in the book that he knew if he started a certain way yeah but i guess rose did not know that <laughs> i just thought it was funny because it's so you know it's such a real world eeny meeny miny mo type thing but now star wars has their version
0: Wongo winga that's what we're gonna do the next time we're at a convention where we decide to go which we're panel gonna- we're gonna go to <laughs> <Wong-a-wing-a>. <laughs> Oh that's really funny. Okay, so we have to talk about the scene with Chewie and the porgs because it's very descriptive.
1: <laughs> it really gets into Chewie's head.
0: It does it really gets into Chewie's head about how he feels and how he's thinking about the porgs and all this stuff. And even like down to the porgs Leia makes a comment about when did the when did this like rust bucket become an aviary? <laughs> because there's so many of them on the Falcon.
1: Yeah. Uh, I never understood Chewie's hesitation. I guess he's just, he's a gentle, kind...
0: I think Chewie is a really gentle soul. I do, do. but
1: he was hungry, and he had already killed and cooked the thing. So, I mean, he did the deed. He killed it. I guess just seeing other ones watch him eat it made him feel bad.
0: Probably made him very uncomfortable.
1: But when I watched the movie, I was just assuming that he just... He felt bad. They cut away to another scene. And then when we're he not ate it watching anything. that, he just took a big bite out of it. But in the book, they do lean toward him actually not eating it at all, which I, which is, you know, it's a little unfortunate. He was hungry.
0: Well, go eat some grass. <laughs> <laughs> or fish or something.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's There's plenty of fish, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... There's this thing that Rose has going on. I think she's jealous of Ray.
1: Yes. Which is something that all the book does kind of add because you don't really get that sense in the movie, really. They don't really have a lot of, a lot of dialogue about Ray. Uh Rose and Finn don't. But in the book they do. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of every time he brings her up, she's just like, Oh, Ray. Ray, Ray, Ray. You're
0: infatuation with Ray. <laughs>
1: she got tired of hearing Finn talk about Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess I could understand because it seemed like Rose had a bit of a crush on Finn, mm-hmm. uh, so it would make sense that she wouldn't want to hear him talk about another girl.
0: Right, but... that makes sense. But at the end, when Leia comes out of the cockpit with Chewie, guess who's sitting down talking to Ray? Poe. Oh my oh, gosh, I'm such a, a Rose shipper. shipper. I'm a I'm a Rose shipper or a Pay shipper. <laughs> I've also heard Rameron. Well, that sounds, um, yeah. So I know it's not, it doesn't sound appropriate. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard all of those, but I'm a, I'm a row shipper big time. They huh. need to have, they need to have little pilot force babies.
1: Oddly enough, I was thinking about that today. Like I was trying to decide who I ship with, if you're talking about those three in particular, cause there's some sort of a thing going on there.
0: I am not a Finn Ray shipper.
1: I don't know. I don't think I am either. I think I'm a Ro- Rose Finn shipper, I guess. But I, I, the thing is, I really do think Finn has a thing for Ray. So I feel like I'll just feel bad for him when he doesn't get her.
0: I won't feel bad for him.
1: I don't. I just feel. I mean, he just seems to really care about her a lot. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe they're just. He just cares about her a lot. But usually, there's more to it when it comes to that kind of stuff. So you know what?
0: He's not gonna get her because Poe is
1: well we'll see we don't know yet what does JJ I think? already that's I really already, what matters
0: I already know so
1: well, who does JJ Abrams ship that's really what matters <laughs> but, <laughs> that's true. but I think, think it was understand? clear to me at least that Rose definitely had a thing for Finn no, I don't know if Finn returned that
0: no but Rose definitely has a thing for Finn yeah, for sure so
1: for sure. we'll see yeah but we know from the book that Rose is very aware of Ray and is not too happy about Finn talking about her all the time.
0: Ray, 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 Ray.
1: <laughs> I think at one point she does actually say that, right? Doesn't she say like Ray? Yeah, Rey, Rey. I think she does. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: One thing I did notice at the end toward the end of the book when Luke and Kylo finally do face off, they do change a little bit about their interaction. I think there was a couple lines that were added. Um, but then just kind of the way in the movie where, um, they have their little battle, but they don't actually clash blades and Luke just dodges. Mm-hmm. In the book, he actually swipes through Luke mm-hmm. with his lightsaber at one point, like not I'm just trying. pokes him with it like he does in the movie. He, like, swipes through him and is surprised. And then Luke says a couple things and then he com- comes at Luke again and swipes through him a second time. Um, mm-hmm and doesn't do the whole, like, stand there in front of him and slowly poke the lightsaber through him. That doesn't happen at all in the book. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if they added that in the movie later um, because it doesn't show up in the book. Um, and then Luke, of course, says the line, you know, see you around, kid, and does all that. But I thought it, it was interesting, the things they left out.
0: Yeah, but you know what was beautiful about all of that? In the audiobook, well, maybe it's because of the music, but Luke becoming one with the force that scene in the audiobook was super powerful i almost cried mm, yeah. it was just amazing and also the moment with yoda was really powerful in the audiobook too and they were almost as powerful as the ones the scenes in the movie but you know like when kylo and ray are fighting the praetorian guards I was really anticipating that scene because I didn't know what they were going to do as far as if it was going to be as intense as the movie, and that was a scene that for me didn't translate as well in the book. But I think it's just because I'm so attached to the visuals of that scene. Yeah, in like the visual, yeah, like that action was insane. So that's not Jason Fry's fault or the book's fault in, in any way. I think it's just the visuals. It's hard to portray that on paper.
1: Yeah, but the one the one advantage the book does have, though, because you were talking about the force and and Luke becoming one with the force, just the force in general, the way it's portrayed in the book, you know, with the different characters that can tap into the force.
0: Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah.
1: You just get way more, um, way more of that in the book than you can in a movie. It's hard to visualize the force in a, in, a, in a visual way in in a film, but to actually put it down on page and describe it and how the characters are interacting with the force um, is something the book has an advantage.
0: I agree. I agree. And it
1: was really cool when when uh, Kylo and Rey are fighting over the lightsaber, and they talk about how Rey is actually like, she can actually feel the kyber crystal.
0: Mm, yes.
1: And that's, I love, like, that's one of the new things kind of with, like that. with canon right now, where they're really focusing on these kyber crystals and the connection to the force, and I lo- you- love that they included that.
0: Yeah, and it was also in there, he made a mention to the Song of the Kyber Crystals. He said something about that, too. And there were so many tie-ins to other books. There's, when you get some scenes with Holdo where it's in her head and she's thinking about things, and it is completely, completely out of, like, Leia, Princess of And I was so blown away by that, by the fact that there was actual information where they're talking about Leia and Amlin as kids and being a part of the, whatever that was called, the apprenticeship. I don't remember. The scouts. No, I'm just making No, it no, up. no. Well, no, no, no. It's when they're the senator apprenticeship stuff. I mean, he right. references things from Princess of Alderaan. And then he also goes in and references stuff from Bloodline. Like, he brings stuff from from both of those books, which I definitely picked up on, which was really awesome. He also makes some references to the Aftermath trilogy, which I also heard. And he he basically used all of the references that were available to him. They bring in stuff from Phasma, like talking about her planet, talking about who she was originally, and all this stuff, which I thought was way cool, too. So... We've talked about this before, about everything tying into each other, and Jason Fry did a great job of doing that.
1: Yeah, um, I think Shar Bay got mentioned. Multiple times. Which is uh, Poe's mother. Uh, we also got to hear Leia talk about the times that she had visited Krait before, which we yes. knew happened in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Also in the Marvel comics, uh, yes. her and Luke and all of Red Squadron. Um, actually, go down to the surface of crate and they talk about the, those details as well.
0: Yeah, they so, talk yeah. about Red Squadron and yeah. fighting the Empire.
1: Yep. yep. So, and that's one thing I love about Jason Fry because he does—he's written so many books and reference guides and all of the all the different things he's written for Star Wars. Um, so he's so in tune with the story that's already been told, and he just really taps into that stuff. He doesn't just kind of do his own thing; he really takes from doesn't take from but he he references works that he's already written elsewhere or other people he's collaborated with or people that wrote other books um he really weaves it all together he's one of the best at that mm-hmm. um, in the star wars the current star wars writers
0: yeah that's it's one of the very very cool things so thank you for that because that actually Made the book even more interesting to me to catch all of those things, and so and it's really nice for us who are reading all of that stuff to be able to pull all those things in together, but it also gives backstory for people that haven't read all those yeah. to help them understand things better, which I think is really cool
1: do we have any oh. other good comments um i have I have one from twitter sure um, this is from jawa father nineteen seventy five Uh, Mm -hmm. He says, this was exactly what I'd want from a novelization, a deeper dive into the thoughts of the characters along with additional scenes that felt like they actually could have been in the movie. The Last Jedi would be one of my favorite Star Wars books, whether or not it was based on a movie. So So he liked it.
0: Yeah, and we have one from Steve Cardali. He was actually talking about that scene with Rose. He said, The best part was Rose biting Hux, and I was glad to see that scene as a deleted scene on the Blu-ray. I wish it would have stayed in for the final cut because it really made me like Rose even more. (laughs) It's very funny. So, yeah, so if you... If you guys want to get in on some of this stuff, we when we're going to record a show in our Facebook group, we'll talk more about that as we finish up. We do pose questions on Twitter and on Facebook, and you can comment, and then we can read your comments on the show. Yes. Hooray. Now, there's one last thing that we have to talk about before we wrap this up, and it's the Broom Boy scene, which I Bro- found interesting. Yes,
1: the Broom Boy scene was different.
0: It, it was, was a, different.
1: And it was such a big deal in the movie. Um, in fact, I didn't catch it the first time I watched the movie, but the second time I did, um, when you see this, this boy, um, whose name is Tamari Blagg, I think is his name, mm-hmm. um, which is not a great name if they're planning on using that character again, <laughs> <laughs> but... He walks out and, you know, out of the stables and kind of uses the force to bring the broom to him and is kind of the final scene. He stands there in front of the stars with his his lightsaber slash broom um, and has been dubbed Broom Boy, kind of a big deal. But in the in the book, they make no mention at all of him using the force.
0: mm not at all. I was looking for it and it wasn't there and I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> he just
1: He just picks it up like normal. So that's another one where I kind of wonder if that was something they added late in the game for the movie. So it wasn't in that script that Jason was uh, basing the book on.
0: Maybe. Maybe so. But so all in all, I would say that this is actually a really good novelization for a movie. And I don't tend to get swept up into the novelizations, but this one did get me. And I was interested and wanted to there was enough of different of a difference between it and the movie and it really enhanced the film for me I think it doesn't yeah. have you don't have to read this in order for the film to be good but it 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 gives it some extra weight
1: yep i completely agree it's not necessary reading but it's if you want to get more um about this story and want to kind of get into the heads of the characters and even characters that you know are minor characters you you're mm-hmm. able to get into the heads of um, it just really adds a lot to the movie, and now when I watch the movie again, I'll see certain scenes differently because I kind of know what's going on in these characters' heads. So I would highly recommend reading it I if would you too. haven't yet. And um, and just Jason Fry's writing style is just fun. Like he's really just a really good writer, and f- and he he ha- he's able to inject uh, a certain sense of fun, and and um, he does a great job with it. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, he really does. And and it's going to make you want to read some of his other stuff. So like Moving Target, he did that with a collaboration with Cecil Castellucci, I think is her last name.
1: But so We did the Servants of the Empire so, books.
0: Yeah, and those were great. Um, oh my gosh, we, the writing of those was amazing.
1: Which um, even kind of backed the introduction of of Armitage Hux, of his father, yeah, Brendel Hux. it
0: did. Came it did. all
1: the way back in those books um, years ago. So yeah, it's all... It, he's he's written a lot of stuff and Weapon of the Jedi is one of the, you know, kind of a fan favorite as well that he wrote with Luke um, yep. so there's a lot of good stuff out there from Jason Fry and I'm glad he finally got to write one of the adult novels and I hope he'll be able to do more
0: me too, me too alright, well that is the end of this particular episode of Star Wars Bookworms in between shows you can catch us on Twitter we're at Bookrooms, and you can send us an email to Bookrooms at gmail.com and we can read it on the show
1: And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. We also have our Facebook group that we were talking about. Uh, When we review these books and and other things, um, we sometimes put it out there for you guys to give us comments so we can read those on the show. We're also on iTunes. You can find all our episodes there. You can also leave us a review over there. So if you haven't done that yet, we'd we'd really appreciate it. You can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at Ice Cold Penguin. And I am at A.V. Goins.
0: So until next time, keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.